How we doing, C3 Powerhouse Church? We good? We good? Good to be here. You can grab a seat. Worship team, you're amazing. Hasn't the worship team done an incredible job tonight? Leading us in praise and worship, leading us into the presence of God. You guys, you guys are dismissed. You guys can grab a seat. Hey, so good to be here. So, so good to be here. It is such a great pleasure and honor uh, to, to be with you over the weekend. I spent yesterday with, with some of the worship team, um, and, and I was in your service, led worship in your morning services uh, earlier today, and, and I'm here tonight. Um, and um, um, it's just such a great privilege and honor to, to be here. Um, what an incredible church that you're, that you're, that you're a part of. Um, I would love you to help me love on and honor your senior pastors. Would you put your hands together for Pastor John and Danielle? I saw Mitch and, and, and Gemma here tonight also. Um, and, and the Pierces, they're what I call family goals. Um, in other words, they're, they're a family that I would aspire my family to, 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 to be like. But I've um, got so much love and respect for you, Pastor John, Pastor Danielle, and Mitch and Gemma. Um, Jackson's obviously not here tonight because he's with us down in Sydney, but um, lots and lots and lots of love for the Pierce family. Um, hey, if we haven't met before, if you missed my name, my name is Dan Karotz, um, and I'm the worship director, worship pastor at our church in Sydney, um, C3SYD, under the leadership of Pastor Phil and Chris Pringle. Um, as a matter of fact, 36 years ago, Pastor Phil dedicated me to, to the Lord. So um, I was literally born into C3, uh, raised, grew up in C3. I first encountered God uh, in C3. I received Jesus in C3. I discovered purpose in C3. I, I met who is now my wife in C3. And we are now raising our three beautiful, crazy kitties in, in C3. And I, lo I love our movement. I, I love that I can be away from my home church and feel right at home here. Awesome. Are we ready for the, for the word tonight? Uh, you're in a series called uh, Matters of the Heart. There it is. Boom. Matters of the Heart. Um, and, and I could not think of a, of a better title to talk on worship. Worship is a matter of the heart. There's people here tonight and you are harvesting things in your heart. Offense, hurt, resentment, disappointment, discouragement. You've let the wrong things in. But for some of us, it's that we've given our heart to the wrong things. And what I see God doing tonight is unlocking and unraveling things in us. So I want us together tonight to, to, to go on a journey. Uh, and I'm, I'm not just going to talk about matters of the heart. I want us to go on a journey tonight because I believe that God wants to do something in your life. God wants to do something in your world. And I believe tonight that, that God is going to unlock, that there's going to be an unraveling, a releasing that's going to happen in us tonight. So let's go on this journey together. I want you to write this down. I want you to write down these words. Gratitude, thanksgiving, and this is really where I want to go tonight, the power of praise, the power of praise. 
Psalm 100 verse 4. We're going to start here tonight and it says this. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. I love how Eugene Peterson puts it in the, in the message translation. He says this, enter with the password, thank you. Give thanks to him and praise, sorry, enter with the password, thank you. Make yourselves at home talking praise. Enter with the password, thank you. Make yourselves at home talking praise, talking praise. Some of us talk trash. Out of our mouth comes cynicism, sarcasm, complaint. The Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people. So if it's our praises that make way for his presence, then cynicism, sarcasm, and complaint do the opposite. When Michal criticizes David as he, as he danced undignified before the Lord, the scripture goes on to, that to say that she could not have children. Cynicism will stop fruitfulness. And although the scripture is talking about it or talking about a physical barrenness, I'm talking about it in a spiritual sense. It will stop you being fruitful. It will stop us being fruitful. It will stop the church being fruitful. Cynicism will hinder and stop fruitfulness. Now, I've seen it happen with people. I've seen it happen with worship teams. They get cut with that spirit of cynicism. The, the word worship is mentioned about 20 times throughout the Psalms. The word praise is mentioned 180 times. It's a similar ratio for the, for the whole Bible now. I'm not wanting to take away from worship. Actually, what I'm talking about tonight is a part of our worship. It's where our worship begins. It's how we enter His presence. It is thanksgiving and praise that creates an atmosphere for God to move. And this is not just about what happens on a Sunday. It's about living this every day. It's not just about singing. It could be a simple thank you when you get up in the morning. It could be a simple thank you when you, when you go about your day. When I pray, it's always the first thing I do. And I find no matter, no, no matter what my situation, no matter what my circumstance, and it doesn't necessarily change my situation or change my circumstance, but it changes me. It does something in my heart. And I'm reminded of God's goodness. My faith is stirred. It gives me hope for the future. Praise has to do with what God has done, what God does, and therefore what God will do. And I want to I tell someone here tonight, someone needs to hear this tonight. If he's done it before, he'll do it again. I want to tell someone here tonight, if you've experienced breakthrough in one area of your life, what's stopping breakthrough happening to another area of your life? If you've experienced the blessing and favor of God, I want to tell you tonight, there's only more blessing and more favor to come. <laughs> Isaiah 61.3 says this, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. <laughs> for some of us, it's a literal depression. For others, it's, it's something that is weighing you down. God gives us the antidote for that spirit of heaviness, and it's a garment of praise. Praise is a garment. 
here's the thing. We're given the garment, but it's up to you to put it on. <laughs> I don't like the saying, fake it till you make it, because I think that can be taken the wrong way. However, praise is something that you put on. When you encounter God, yes, you're going to feel something. And God has created you with emotions and feelings. But praise is not a feeling or an emotion. Neither is worship for that matter. It's not just something that kind of randomly and spontaneously comes upon you. You don't feel it, you wear it. Just as you would dress yourself for the day, we ought to clothe ourselves in praise. And it's offensive to our flesh because it means rising above our emotions, above our feelings, above our situation, above our circumstance. But that's why the Bible calls it a sacrifice of praise because it's going to cost you something. And it's not that we can't be honest, real, or, or raw with God. Of course we can. Throughout the Psalms, you'll, you'll quite often find David pouring out his heart, crying out to God. But what starts with heartache, what starts with despair, David always ends with praise. David always ends with praise. The Bible says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Some of you haven't laughed in a long time. I believe something tonight is going to shift for you. Yeah, yes, the Bible says be strong. Yes, the Bible says be courageous. But it's understanding that strength comes from joy. Strength isn't mentioned as a fruit of the Spirit, but joy is. It's not that we need more strength. It's that we need more joy. Joy is a by, sorry, strength is a byproduct of joy. When you've got the joy of the Lord, you'll smile, even laugh at adversary. I love what the Apostle Paul says. He says, to live is Christ. To die is gain. It's like either way, life or death, we win. Because the day we receive Jesus is the day we receive eternal life. Job goes as far as to say, though God slay me, or even if God slay me, yet I will hope in him. I don't want to sound insensitive to anyone's situation or circumstance here tonight, but no matter what the situation, no matter what the circumstance, we've all got something to be thankful for. There's a place in our worship to sit, wait, soak, listen. But praise is not those things. There are, there are seven Hebrew words for, for the word praise. And, and if we've got time, we'll look at one of them uh, later on tonight. But just to summarize quickly, uh, praise is vocal. It's not praise until it comes out of your mouth. Hebrews 13, 15 says, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. Praise is heard. Praise is, is seen. It, it is expressive, passionate, celebratory. It involves music, singing, dance. Praise is not token. The devil would like you to think of it as token. We would think of praise as the upbeat song that we open a service with, and, and there's reason that we do that. But it's more than that. It's a spirit. It's an attitude that when you catch, is powerful. Some of us have gotten way too cool. <laughs> Don't let your ego 
Don't let your pride get in the way of his praise. The louder your praise, the deeper your worship. In Acts 16, and you would be familiar with, with this story, Paul and Silas are, are thrown in prison. They didn't do anything wrong. That they, they were being persecuted. The story goes that at midnight, they started singing hymns. If you study the hymn or what the hymn was that they were singing, it was a celebratory song of praise. That's what it means in the Greek. Let's think about this for a moment. What is there to celebrate when you've just been thrown in a prison? But even though their, their bodies were bound, they were free men on the inside. And what happened as they sang, as they praised, the earth below them shook, their chains broke, and the prison doors flung open. And not just Paul and Silas, everyone in that prison walked free. On the other side of his praise is your breakthrough. But not just your breakthrough, everyone around you gets impacted by it. In Chronicles 2.20, Jehoshaphat sends the worshippers, the musicians, the, the singers to the battlefront, to, to a battle that they were outnumbered in. The, the Bible says that, that the army that approached them came to invade Judah. What does Judah mean? What does Judah mean? What does it mean? Judah means praise. The Bible says that the army that approached them came to invade Judah. The devil does not like praise. There is an enemy, a spirit, a demon that wants to silence you, that wants to silence the church. Because praise is dangerous. <laughs> praise is warfare. Praise is atomic. Praise is a weapon. Praise is your faith being vocal. Praise puts your problem into the context of God's promise. Praise precedes victory. Look what happens in this story, story 2 Chronicles 20, 22. And as they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who were invading Judah, and they were defeated. Let's have the band join me and help me up. I'm not quite done yet, but, but I'll get you guys up now. Joshua 6, and, and again, another passage of Scripture that you would be familiar with or a story that you would be familiar with. We're going to pick it up at verse 1, Joshua chapter 6, and it says this, Now the gates of Jericho were tightly shut because the people were afraid of the Israelites. No one was allowed to go out or in. But the Lord said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho. What is your Jericho? I've given you Jericho, its king, and all its strong warriors. You and your fighting men should march around the town once a day for six days. Seven priests will walk ahead of the ark, each carrying a ram's horn. On the seventh day, you were to march around the town seven times with the priests blowing the horns. When you hear the priests give one long last blast on the ram's horn, have all the people shout as loud as they can, then the walls of the town will collapse and the people can charge straight into the town. <laughs> the, the, the ram's horn was a type of trumpet. And today you're not likely to see one in a, in a worship ensemble. With that said, I preached this very message in Brisbane at a worship conference. And guess what rocked up the next morning, Pastor John? Someone brought a ram's horn. 
<laughs> but to understand this story and the power of praise, you have to understand the significance of the ram's horn and what it represented. The first time the word worship is mentioned in the Bible, the first time the word worship is in the Bible is in Genesis 22. And you'll notice that there's no mention of musicians and singers. There's no mention of music. There's no mention of a stage and platform. The only stage and platform we could refer to, could refer to here is the stage and platform of an altar. Here Abraham is about to slay his one and only son as an offering to God. I have three small children myself and I somewhat struggle to understand this scripture. Why would God ask him of this? The, the Old Testament Hebrew word for worship means to bow down. It is the same meaning for the Hebrew word for obedience. Worship and obedience are the same. Just as Abraham is about to slay his own son, an angel of the Lord stops him. And as Abraham looks up, caught in the thicket is a what? A ram. And Abraham, Abraham's son is spared because God provides a ram for the offering. See, the ram's horn was one of the most precious and prized possessions of the Israelite people because it was a reminder of this story. So when the Israelites heard the sound of the ram's horn, it struck a chord in them. It did something to their faith because it was a reminder that God provided the ram back in Genesis 22. See, the ram is a symbol of Jesus. This story was just a practice run for what was to come, when God would send his son, Jesus the ram, into the world to die for the world to be that very offering. But we live on the other side of this. Jesus is not dead. He is alive. We, we talk about breakthrough. We, we pray for it. We sing about it. Now, it might take some time for your circumstance to catch up to the reality of this. But you've got to understand, breakthrough has already happened. Because 2,000 plus years ago, Jesus came, he died, he hung on a cross, his body was put in a tomb. But on that third and final day, resurrection power, resurrection life flowed through his body. He was brought back to life. He rose from, from the grave. He walked from the tomb with the keys to life and death. On his head is the victor's crown. On his head is the crown of many crowns. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. Come on, he's the King of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He's the most high. He's the beginning and end. He's the Alpha and Omega. He's the firstborn of all creation. He's the Lion, the Lamb, Jehovah Jireh. I could keep going all night. Almighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. He is life. He is love. He is hope. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. So when you catch this, it changes everything. It has revolutionized the way I pray. And I found that when I pray, I'm praising less and praising more. It's less about, praising for break, less about praying for breakthrough and more about praying and praising from the place of breakthrough because it's already happened. It's already done. It is finished. And this is why we have the joy of the Lord. It's a joy that comes from his resurrection. It's a joy that comes from knowing Jesus. It's a joy we get from having an unshakable 
faith. <laughs> and as the praises went up, those walls of Jericho came down. I believe God wants to do something here in your life tonight. I believe God wants to do something in this church here tonight as the praises, as the high praises of God are sung, are shouted. I believe walls are going to come down. Chains are going to break. Strongholds are going to be broken. <laughs> Five years ago, I had, a, I had a tumor cut out of my vocal cords. I, I couldn't speak for six weeks. I, I didn't sing or lead worship for almost a three-year period. I was later diagnosed with a, with a neurological voice condition called spasmodic dysphonia. I don't have, don't have time to, to, to go into what that is, but it, it's, it's a miracle that I can even get a half-decent sentence out, uh, let alone be back singing and leading worship. Funny, come when you can give God some praise. I know it might be my breakthrough and my miracle, but, but funny enough, in the middle of all of this, Pastor Phil asked me to be the next worship director of, of our church. It, it, was the, it was honestly the last thing that I saw coming. And as a matter of fact, I began to prepare my heart and talk about matters of the heart. I began to prepare my heart that I would never sing, that I would never lead worship again. It's, it's funny how your circumstance can be one thing, but what God is doing is in another. And I want to I wanna tell someone here tonight, just because your circumstance is one thing, God is at work. God is moving. You might not see it. You might not believe me, but God is at work. <laughs> I went on a journey of, of recovering and healing, and I'm still kind of somewhat on that journey. I have to take care of myself. But I, I share that to say this. I literally lost my voice. And what I'm passionate about, but what I'm passionate about is people discovering theirs. And although I lost my literal voice, the voice I'm talking about is the voice behind your voice. God's given you a voice. Bible says don't throw away your confidence. Because people here tonight, for whatever reasons, you've thrown away your confidence. See, see, the devil can't take your confidence. Your confidence is yours to throw away. And as people here tonight, you've, you've lost your confidence. You've thrown away your confidence. But I want to tell you tonight, just as your confidence can be thrown away, it can be picked back up. Come on, there's people here tonight. You're going to pick back up your confidence. You're going to pick back up your confidence. You're going to find your voice again. You're going to find your song again. Let's stand on our feet as we come to a close. I said we would look at one of the Hebrew words for praise. One of those words is a Hebrew word, Todah. I believe it's come up on the screen behind me. Todah. And it means this, an extension of the hand in adoration, avowal, or acceptance. Acceptance. So we're lifting our hands as if we're about to receive something. It is used for thanking God for things not yet received. Hence why we say praise God in advance for what he will do. And I wonder tonight, I wonder right now what would happen if we were to join forces, reach out our hands, 
lift our voices and give God some ta praise. I wonder what could happen and shift in your life right now if we were to join forces, reach out our hands, lift our voices and give God some ta praise. I wonder what miracles tonight are on the other side of His praise. I wonder what healings, what breakthroughs tonight on the other side of His praise. So come on all across this place. I just want you to begin to lift your voice, lift your voice, lift your voice. Come on, shout on a God with a voice of triumph. Give him some praise. Give him some praise. Give him some praise. Hey!